This episode of the EDM podcast is brought to you by EDM Foundations. If you're a new producer and you're stuck with tutorials and you're not sure where to go, EDM Foundations might be the answer. We've had over 4,800 producers join and level up their foundational skills by practically making four pro-level tracks rather than learning a bunch of theory and concept. So if you want to stop wasting time and nail your music, head to edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. That's edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. Alrighty, welcome everybody to the EDM podcast. This is a show where we interview uh, basically anyone in electronic music who we find interesting. Normally, we have artists and producers on the show, but today we've got the record shop team uh, on here. Now, uh, real quick, uh, these guys are a platform in the NFT space, basically designed to... Uh, create a new avenue for artists to connect with fans through nfts and collectibles which is basically a really cool uh way for you know artists not just to rely on i guess streaming or the traditional sources of income and and engagement that that kind of thing i suppose so yeah really excited to dive into what these guys do but we've got obi here who's the ceo and we have got paula who is the head of partnerships and helps onboard um new you know, people onto the platform, new artists and things like that. So they can uh, do drops, which is something we'll talk about a little bit. But um, maybe I'll leave it to you guys to do this, whoever wants to jump in first. Do you guys want to just do a bit more of a, uh, yeah, in-depth explanation as to how Record Shop works? Because I think a lot of people out there, you know, might have heard about what an NFT is by now um, in, you know, electronic music and in just the general tech space. Uh, yeah. Do you want to explain how that works for what you guys do? Um, I can I can jump in. Uh, first yeah. of all, I want to clarify. Paul Paul is not only head of partnerships; he's she's SVP of partnerships and part of the executive team and a co-founder. She was actually the oh awesome very very first person I talked to in like seriously about doing something like this um, right. on a long and faithful uh, telephone call where where she spent a couple of hours telling me why she think, didn't think it would work and then. <laughs> we probably spent about an hour excitedly discussing how it might work. And then the next day she told me that she couldn't sleep because she was thinking of all the ways that it could work. <laughs> and then, That's um, awesome. then we got excited and started the company together. Um, but Sweet. but what, I think you asked what we are. So we we're actually one of the most successful music NFT platforms out there where we fly a little bit under the radar uh, because frankly, we kind of suck at marketing sometimes. It's something we're working on getting much better at. Sure, right. But, uh, we, we definitely have a hardcore, uh, you know, group of, of users of twenty six thousand registered users at last count. Um, awesome. Tons of active people in our Discord, you know, all the time, which is pretty typical for for crypto style projects. And yeah, um, a lot of excitement every time we do we do drops. Uh, we did fourteen drops last year. Um, over two and a half million dollars in gross sales, if you count like secondary market activity, that put us in a as, uh, as that made us a top ten project on Flow blockchain, which is a very environmentally oh, friendly yeah. blockchain. Awesome. Um, so, like a lot of times, um, you know, people come out and they're like, "You suck! You're killing the earth!" or whatever. And I'm like, "Nah, bro, we're not killing the earth." Like, our NFTs are cheaper than a Twitter, po- like a tweet, you know? Or yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's. 
not all blockchains are the same. And it's really important to get that out of the way that, you know, it's a big distinguishing factor for us. It's, it's one of the main reasons that we went with Flow Blockchain. Sure. You know, were, it's, it's not only that they were very successful with, you know, CryptoKitties and, and uh, NBA Top Shot, which were kind of loosely modeled after, but it was also very important to us to have low gas fees and, and be very environmentally friendly because we know, mm-hmm. um, first of all, that's important to us, but, you know, yeah. Uh, also importantly, uh, it's very important to a lot of music fans and producers as well. Mm. Uh, you know, to be progressive in that regard. That's cool. I mean, um, for those of you listening out there, like, because, uh, and I, you know, I'm not a super uh, expert in this space either, but. Uh, basically, a lot of these style of like platforms are built on like the Ethereum blockchain. Like, typically, is that correct? But you guys have deliberately made a decision to do different. Yeah, absolutely. Like, mm. um, the Ethereum blockchain is full of lots and lots of people that have lots and lots of money that they've made in crypto for for the last years. You know, and they don't think twice about spending what to non-crypto people is like ridiculous amounts of money Mm. on nfts right like tens of thousands hundreds of thousands in cases millions of dollars on nfts and that's kind of its own culture right and like what we're trying to do is build the future of music marketing and distribution for the next five to ten years yeah so the crypto phenomenon with nfts and ethereum and you, you know bored apes and all that stuff like that may stay it may go it will certainly evolve in different ways we don't know what that will be but what we're doing is for the artists and for the fans yeah it's for for you that that's listening to this podcast you know we're musicians ourselves like um and i won't mm. speak for paula I'll, I'll let her introduce herself in a second but yeah you know i well, I have a very successful technology career and i've been a, a serial entrepreneur and involved in different venture backed startups I've also been a DJ and a producer for most of my adult life yeah, and uh, releasing music on, on pretty decent labels. Um, so this combines a couple of my passions and over 80% of our company is, you know, has similar kinds of backgrounds. Totally. Uh, musicians, DJs, you know, producers. Paul is one of our co-founders and kind of main executives in the company. She's got a long background as well, which you know she should tell you about, not me. Oh, yeah, awesome. I mean, what Obi is saying, I think it's very important to point out that we're a platform that has been built by people coming from the music mm. industry, whether they're DJ, producers, themselves, or uh, myself. I've been in the music industry for 15 years more on the management side of things. So I still run my own um, management company as well. I work with about nine artists for their management and their worldwide bookings. I've worked with Ferry Corsten. That's basically how I started, uh, where I helped him out for press. Uh, I used to tour with him. I've worked for Black Hole Recordings, which is one of the awesome. big independent labels uh, focusing on trends, progressive. Yeah, uh, I've worked for 24-7 Management, which was a, a large booking agency. Uh, I currently have my own agency. So what you see within our team are people that understand why some things in our current model, music business model, yes. is, isn't working for artists or for labels, or necessarily for fans. And we're trying Mm -hmm. to use the NFT technology 
to build a business model that works for artists and for fans in a way better way where they basically, I like to say, it gives the power back to the artists and the fans most for um, most of all. Mm. And yeah. because we understand what these artists are kind of been lacking, what fans have been lacking, because we've been in the music industry ourselves, we're not a cash grab. We're not um, mm. what Obi was referring to after the crypto millionaires that want to spend a lot of money. No, we really see the technology as something that we can use to finally get to a point that we kind of lost when digital music was introduced 20 years ago and where it became less in favor of the artist or the fans and more mm. in favor of the people who were making a lot of money. We're not against making a lot of money, but yeah. it needs to it needs to come to the people that actually deserve it and who have the heart in the right place and who understand the music industry. Sure. Right. Uh, not the rent seekers. And, and obviously there's a big sea change going on, uh, the creator economy as they talk about it, but, but more broadly we're big believers in a lot of the initiatives that are coming forward through web three, through, yeah. through blockchain technology that remove the layers of middlemen between the artists and their fans. For right? sure. So as, as we build this platform, since we're artists ourselves, we're essentially building the tools that we want for ourselves mm. and then offering them to, yeah, when we started, we started with with friends and people in our network, right? And it's yeah. been expanding ever since. Uh, and we, we now have, uh, I think, close to 140 different uh, artists and brands and festivals. And Is that uh, pretty yeah. much how you guys grew just through word of mouth? Is that like been a lot of your growth been attributed to that? Or is there have been, has there been other kind of avenues you've used as well? I think a lot of it has to, so my team, the partnerships team that, that, that mm. I'm running at the moment, we've got people that come from the music industry who've built their network. And you have to keep sure. in mind, we're a curated platform. We're currently still invite only. Yes. And we basically started reaching out to artists where, from the whole music industry making sure that we also had the balance right so we work yeah. with smaller artists upcoming artists we're working with very established artists we're working with very legendary artists artists labels festivals mm. you clubs. should mention some paula because um, there's a lot of yeah. electronic music producers listening um <laughs> so uh let so we we've worked with all on, on name drop a couple uh yeah, so yeah. We've got, for example we've got dj pierre the inventor of asset house on our platform mm. we've got juan atkins we work with marcus schultz cold harbor i mentioned black hole recordings yeah. cocoon recordings is one of our partners as well um we've got um uh solar stone on there pure trends i always feel a little bit awkward mentioning because he's also my partner he was one of the first ones that we signed oh, awesome. when, obi, when obi <laughs> said like we start talking to friends and family um those were one uh as well uh i'm very excited we've got a very uh exciting prospects in the pipeline that i can't mention awesome. at this point obviously today we did a drop with unity uh a techno label um yep. We've got Transmission Festival, which, um, I mean, I think you guys are Australia-based. They do massive festivals in, in, in Melbourne and Sydney as well. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's very, very wide. And we're also trying to cover every layer and uh, every mm. genre in there. because DJ, that's, DJ Rap, who's like a famous uh, yeah. drum and bass producer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have, I, I, it feels like we have almost all the significant drum and bass labels under wraps. Yeah, oh, no. really? I mean, but, Black but Sun Empire... Dropped. Yeah, Black Sun Damn. Empire is one that we've signed. Nice. So it's, 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 we're trying to, you know, we've got music fans from all over the world that like different kind of, and we want to provide, you know, creators for all, for everybody in, in this music realm. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome to hear you got, because I know like a lot of the um, core fans of this podcast, like back in the day when it was started by Sam Matler, who's the founder of EDM Prod, he was into trance and he was a trance producer. So he, a lot of the core audience of EDM Prod is also trance progressive people. So I'm sure a lot of people will be familiar with those artists and, and labels. Um, I'm also a drum and bass producer too, and I run a drum and bass record label, which is cool. Nice. So maybe, maybe long term there could be something there, but no, we'll have a chat about that <laughs> after. <laughs> um, that's really cool to hear, guys. Um, that you guys are growing, and yeah, it's cool to hear that we'll um, see more names pop up on the platform too. We're, uh, we're also gonna, we're we're going to slowly but surely start opening up the platform and give opportunities for more independent musicians and creators to you know, to get, have a chance to get on there. Nice. But the, the bar for, for quality will always be very, very high. Yes. Right? Like we believe, we, we firmly believe that a big, big problem in the music industry today is that there, there's just too much music, right? Yeah, and, and sure. Especially when you put that together with crypto and the ability to, you know, make money, then you have circumstances like, you know, OpenSea, where they say that like 80% of the content on there is copyrighted or stolen or, yeah, you it's know, fraudulent in some way. Yeah. It's quality over quantity. And I think a lot of artists can relate to that. And I, you yeah. know, if, if you look at the current platforms that are there, it's so hard to get noticed and especially to to reach your fans that you, you want to reach with your music. Um, so a lot of it is about creating scarcity if you think about the way how we kind of release our music at the moment it's unlimited we we make this beautiful art product an artist works on this artisanal product they might work six months on it 12 months on it to give it away for a dollar two dollars or maybe that mm. very low stream uh that they get in an unlimited fashion we didn't used to work like that and i mean i think one of the things that ob really when he pitched this to me, yeah, it was like we can go back to that same sentiment where something becomes a collector's item again that we got lost when we decided to give away our artisanal products in an unlimited way because mm. that was the best way to reach your fans and to, to have that big reach. We now have all these new exciting opportunities to, to actually do the same thing but by creating yes. scarcity and adding value to music again. Hence why yeah. we, you know, if you go to our website, you'll see music is valuable. And that's something Obi and I strongly believe in. And I think the rest of our team as well. That's our man. That's our mantra, right? Is music is valuable. And it's a, it's a little reactionary and it's a little countercultural, you know, at, yeah. at the moment. Um, However, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any working musician producer who doesn't think that their music is valuable, right? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you, you know the artist BT. 
Yeah. I love BT. I idolized BT and I have for years. Like, yeah. Uh, I was a fan of his. And then I met him at a, at a bar many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago at this point. And we kind of hung out. We were talking production and stuff like that. And he doesn't know who the hell I am. Well, now he knows a little bit. But, but over the years, I was a very big fan. And when I was just getting started with Record Shop, I was on a clubhouse chat. And I heard him say that nowadays his music is a loss leader, you know, for other things that he does. Right. And Interesting. It, it broke my heart. Because he's one of the most talented people I know. And, yeah, and, right. You know, and he, he's a pioneer of, of the music I love. And, mm. you know, he's incredibly gifted and, he, you know, he's always leading edge. And he's always doing incredible stuff. But for him to say that, the, that his music was a loss leader, that he was accepting that, that right. he was resigning himself to that, was kind of crazy to hear from someone that I, that I put on such a high pedestal, right? Because sure. of his music. Hmm. Not because of his, you know, videos, not because of his NFT experimentation or stuff like that, but because of his music. I actually like his music. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, quite, quite a bit. So that, that made a deep impression in me. And, and we've, put, we've made it central to, to what we're doing at Record Shop to make it a place where the music itself can, can remain valuable, right? Totally. And I, th- and I think that's what is really cool about what you guys are doing and and just with this whole concept in general because it's like you don't have to be a top one percent artist you know to make this work uh like you don't have to be getting you know hundreds millions of streams to to make a living it's like okay this is something another avenue you can pursue which you know doesn't rely on like such a narrow uh gate of success which i think is awesome um so, yeah, I think big props to you guys for providing another alternative thing because I think, you know, that's one thing as an artist myself, as someone who is in the industry as well, like I see like, you know, and, and I've been in that position where I'm like, you know, similar to what BT was saying, like I feel like the way to make money in the music industry is not through the streams or through the the direct things associated with your music, which is a shame but it is a bit of a reality so it's cool to see that kind of come full circle now and hopefully in the future we'll see um that change uh, it's it's hard it's yeah. heartbreaking to see i mean you know when i talk to my artists and they put a lot of time in their products to then see that they only that that exactly that they're not breaking even on their product and that they have to go touring and i mean we've seen for example with covid i mean if touring mm. income falls away it actually exposes how broken our system is at the moment for put, you know, and we're talking about a, a piece of art, you know, with passion, which they're basically not seeing back in the revenue that they're making from them. You mm. see it with upcoming artists that kind of give up because, you know, they think they make, they sign their first big deal and they get their first royalty statement. Mm. And, you know, it hardly pays for the mastering. What if yeah. we can that table around where people are no longer depending on heavily touring. I mean, there's so many big artists that after the whole pandemic have said as well, we're not going to do 200 tour dates anymore because we've seen that we want to be more with our family. It's like at the moment, the way our model is built Mm. for musicians, we have very little opportunities because we're kind of stuck in this red race. And I really... 
get really excited about the fact that we can actually change change that by what we're doing and kind of reaching our core fans. I mean, mm. I don't know if it was Obi who told me this, but if you think about it, in, in, in the way how fans who buy your music and who actively support you, would you rather have a thousand fans that buy your music and are willing to pay for it or give it away to a million fans mm. that don't want to pay for it? What, you know, I think if you would ask any artist, they would go for the first option. Yeah. I, some there's, people, other, you know. there's other ways of uh, promoting your music and get, but it can't be a way of making your living. It can't be that that's how you should mm. be making your living. Totally. Yeah, I mean, maybe some people have savings or, you know, other jobs and don't mind having other jobs and they'd rather take the million. But the it's not just about the money. It's that when someone spends money on your music, they actually value it more. It's just a simple human psychology sort of yeah. thing. And, and those of you listening that are old enough to remember buying CDs and stuff, if you really think about it, you know, there was a different perception about the value of music back then. Mm. And, uh, and there was a different feeling that you got engaging with it. Mm. You know, knowing that you, that you spent some money on it meant that you, you know, you read the liner notes, you sat down and went, you know, went through the booklet. You, you played on repeat all the time because it's like, yeah, this is you, my favorite song, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, you, you wanted your friends to know about it because it's this thing of value that, you know, that, that you had. Mm. Um, and that's all gone. And I think it's a, it's a cultural loss, right? It's like mm. to our detriment uh, to get rid of it. And it has a lot of kind of carry on effects. I don't think that the fandom is as strong as it used to be. And you, you know, you kind of see this mm. across the board where more passive music consumption means that, a lot of times people don't even know what they're listening to. And yes. like literally, literally today, just a little while ago, half an hour ago to be exact, 33 minutes ago to be exact, someone in the Discord said, I don't know if I like this music so much because I'm subconsciously hoping its value goes up or it's simply pretty good. Never been into techno. Sorry if that's not the right term. This is someone who's like yeah. bought one of these Unity packs. He's not really into techno. He's not even sure if this is techno that he's listening to. Yeah, right. Other than some Orb or Crystal Method, but starting to like some of these tracks, this Atrox exclusive mix 004 is sick. <laughs> right. right. Like we see this all the time, all the time. It's like new fans, old fans that are engaging with the music again. Right. And they're not commenting about anything other than they're enjoying the music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, is it, coincidental that they you know got into nft stuff and it rekindled their love of music yeah or is there actually a simpler explanation which is they're paying for the music therefore they're enjoying it more uh, yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's really simple it's an interesting question like i mean the the kind of classic example of this is like the uh, the Wu-Tang Clan album, I'm sure you guys have heard of that, where it was like sold, it was like one copy only and it was sold right. for like a million dollars or something like that. Obviously, that's an extreme, that's the other end of the extreme there. But like, yeah. I, I think the more, the more common example is Bandcamp, right? Like yeah. look, at the, look at the kind of fandom you find with people that, that use Bandcamp and the way that they follow their artists and support them. Um, and sure it's niche or whatever, but it's still, you know, it's still a good model. Yeah. I think our model is even better though, because, you know, like you get kind of a similar dynamic 
but it's limited edition. I think whenever you're, yeah. you're giving away unlimited quantities of a good, it just devalues it, you know, quite a bit. Yeah, that that is the I guess has always been the downside of a digital asset. Um, what well, traditional digital asset has been the you can copy paste it a million times if you want to, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, no, nah, it's awesome. I want to um kind of switch things up a bit and talk about the way you guys do a drop on the platform because uh, this originally confused me not specifically with record shop but just with the whole way NFTs work. Um, so how does like, for example, a artist or a label or something drop something on the platform and then what do fans do in order to get that drop? Well, we're, we're influenced by NBA Top Shot and the model that they use very successfully. Right. So we, what we sell are packs mm. of content and with some notable exceptions that are coming up very soon, sure. um, you, you generally don't know exactly what you're going to get when you buy a pack. Right. So you know that it's drawing from a set of 15, 20 or more collectibles that that kind of look like little digital trading cards. Yeah. But you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So there's a sense of excitement when you do a pack rip, which is the term for it. Um, you, you know, you bought a pack, you you open it, you can keep it closed, which is actually sure. one of the unique features of our, of our platform is you, if you don't want to open it, or if, you, or if you went crazy and bought like 20 of them, you know, you can, op- you can, op- and people do that yeah, all the time, uh, you know, but you can open a few of them and then see what you get. And there's mm. this element of, ex- of excitement because every time you open it, you're kind of like, I don't know, pulling, pulling the lever I, on a, on I a like making the com- Yeah. I like making the comparison. If I try to explain the pack model to partners that we talk to, Think about it like Pokemon cards or, and I don't know if this was a Panini cards. You used to yeah. buy them in a pack. You knew it would gonna it was going to have Pokemon cards in it or your favorite football plays, but you didn't know which one you were going to get. Yes. So it's like you buy a pack from an artist, a label. Maybe it's mm. around a theme on, and that happens at a drop. A drop has a specific time and date, so you know, you know, this is when it's going to drop. FOMO, you know that there's only going to be a certain amount of it, so you want to be, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to get your hands on it. And then mm. there's the experience of opening and it, finding out which collectibles did I get. Sure. Maybe you bought yeah. three packs. You add them into your little binder, it, so you're, you know, to go with your collection, your set. If you miss out on certain collectibles, there's the marketplace where there's other fans who might have had a collectible where they had a duplicate or maybe they weren't interested, where you can trade it with them so you yep. can still complete your 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 set, your collection of that artist that just dropped um, in the packs that we were dropping. So that, that's mm. very, very different from a lot of the platforms that you see out there where people basically sell a nft collectible where they mint a hundred of them they do an auction or there's a fixed price bidding you can buy it you have to create a crypto wallet on our platform you can use credit card you can use crypto but you can also use your balance we've implemented a lot of things to kind of open it up to the music fan and taking it away a little bit from that um from the crypto world where you know if you don't understand what an nft is if you don't know what crypto is if you don't know how to set up crypto wallet 
it doesn't matter on our platform. What you're here sure. on our platform is to own a digital collectible of your favorite creators. Yes. And to, to complete your set of, you know, of the digital collectibles that the creator is offering. Hmm. If we then go even further, and maybe this is one where Obi can uh, chime in, we also want to reward fans for completing their sets. So that's yeah, where right. fan experience come in. So for an artist, they can reward fans for completing a set by maybe they want to give them uh, a personal video message. Maybe they want to reward sure. them with an extra bonus track that you only get by completing that set. And you really get to learn your super fans, the people that really invested in you, and you can reward them and have a closer engagement with them. There, there's, I mean, I think, I mean, it works way better. You know, you don't know who buys your tracks on Beatport. You don't know who listens. No, yeah. The only thing you know is which country they're in. Yeah. Because people own a collectible, an artist actually can go into the back end and see exactly who bought their collectibles. And maybe, you know, if it's their birthday, if they want to, maybe they want to send a birthday message just because mm. they know that that fan holds a collectible. It, wow. it makes it, you know, that whole engagement between an artist and a fans become way more direct because mm. the middleman is gone. It, it, and it's, it's important to note that it is not just about how much they bought for you. Like the, it, there's way too much detail to get into it here and now, but like yeah. if you're interested in it, if you're listening and you're interested in it, just kind of, you know, jump in to the Discord, you know, buy a pack. Like there, there's many different ways where people can show that they're interested and, in, you know, that they're your fan, uh, the way that they hype you up, the kind of actions they take on the platform. We gamify a lot of things. Yeah. Awesome. So, so that we're, you know, and, and the, the end goal in service of the artists is to see how how much are those fans like into what you what you produce right mm. like that that's the valid feedback and the totally. more the more that you can reward them with attention which can mm. be like just chatting them up in the discord or giving them gifts or you know like inviting them to shows or including them in the production process even like the current challenge that's up Right now, with the with the with the drop that we just did with Unity Records, the grand prize of, for that challenge is going to be to actually uh, have a one-on-one -on -one virtual track collaboration session with uh, D Unity and Atrox. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, um, to work on a track together. That's sick. Uh, yeah. So you, you know, we we did that not too long ago. We did a participate to create. It was kind of a pilot for something that we want to do more widely. But the disco fries, who are who are some of the more popular artists on our uh, platform, they um, got 250 of their fans to sign up to work on a track together with them and Lena Leon. Yeah, awesome. And then they they spent two hours, uh, like co you know co-producing a track with 250 of their fans in a in a chat room, and there were like 900 people watching on Twitch at the yeah. same time. But those 250 people who worked on the track together got the nf an nft of that track as the reward yeah they got listed as co-producers right so that's so, awesome yeah you know i'm not saying that every producer is going to do this and especially not that they're not going to do it for like every every project or whatever yeah but these kind of platforms where you have close artists fan engagement lead to a lot of innovation like there's a lot yeah. and, and i think that 
within you know a couple of years probably you'll start to see that there's new breakout artists that know you know that are using the using the technology that's available to their benefit to break through yeah you know like um i was listening to the founders of nft gateway the other day and they said something that really hit home for me which is said like let's say you're a famous movie actor like robert de niro or whatever you know yeah you, you get up every morning you think about how to be a better actor or how to keep your career going as an actor yeah you know, and the, the reason they were saying that is, is they were saying, you know, a lot of creators, artists, et cetera, that already have success, they're not getting up every morning thinking about how do I create awesome NFTs? Yes. How do I, how do I engage with my audience in ways that have never been done before? Because there's an opportunity to do that now every day. Yeah. Right? With all this cool new technology. That's kind of left up to the up and comers and the people who are entering the space now. Yeah. Or who are maybe not quite as famous <laughs> as the top tier. Yeah. So they're hungry, right? Like that top tier is most of them are not quite as hungry. Sure. As they've it, already had their, their day in success sort of thing. Yeah. And in fact, the opposite is sometimes true. They're not willing to take the risk. Yeah. Right. Or they get spooked because of the potential bad PR, right? Because because fans go, oh, mm. NFTs, you you fucking suck. Is pardon me, I, I don't know if I can curse on your person. Ah, it's all good. It's all good. You know, it's like you know, you 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 suck. You hate the earth. You know, stuff like that. Mm. And they won't take the risk of actually going back now and like actually taking the time to explain. You know, mm. and and this you know is. Yeah, this is the thing I, I've been thinking about with like, you know, there's been a few artists who've come out and said, oh, NFTs, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but all these people are like people who have already had their success. And it's like, it, it's kind of a shame because this is really cool for those artists, as you say, who aren't like already successful and don't necessarily want to pursue the large amounts of numbers and stuff like that, who actually like, you know what, this is a very valid way for me to um, monetize uh like my 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 craft and to also create a you know dedicated fan base i'll give you a a case study like um when we launched we included a label that i'm associated with called hq recordings tiny label tiny label not not a listers but by any means uh you know Uh, but they're good friends of mine i've released music with them a number of times we launched them on the label. First of all, they make a ton of new fans that yeah. would have never, that, you know, thousands of people expound, exposed to their music that never would have heard them before. I mean, they're they're basically like a hard trance, mm. uh, you know, te- hard tech trance, uh, you know, techno, hard techno kind of kind of label, right? So we we've, we've made them no joke, like tens of thousands of dollars. Wow! In revenue share. And they've gotten exposure to thousands of new fans. As a result of that, they've actually, well, not, I'm not going to claim full responsibility for it. Forgive me, Amanda. But, you know, partly because of the money we've generated and the confidence, you know, to move forward, they've started two new labels, including one that will be exclusive to Record Shop. They've, they've oh, started cool. investing money and in actually commissioning original material and remixes from well known hard trance artists and stuff like that, which is, you know, Sick. That's how you start a virtuous cycle, right? Like mm. where you put you pull in more well-known artists, they give you support, they get you support with other big name artists, and you know, 
I have no doubts that within five years, HQ is going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in that yeah. genre. You know what I mean? So the, that wouldn't have happened without Record Shop in that way, right? Mm. Like the chances that they would have found the kind of success that they're having now just through the traditional, like, hey, here's my exclusive track on Beatport, you know, yeah. by sort of thing, given that they're existing in a niche. Yeah. You know, you be the totally. judge. But, yeah. but, but they're an amazing label. They have great music, you know, great curation, great A&R. Amanda's awesome. Gary's awesome. They're, they're good people, right, that really care about the music and really care about the scene. Sure, yeah. This is a pla- you know, this is a platform for them to get ahead, to take advantage of, of this innovation that's going on. And what we're looking for, you know, as, as, we, as we grow and mature as an organization, and by the way, we've been around like 10 plus months already, which is yeah. ages in NFT world. But, you know, as we continue to get more mature and open up the platform, we want to start creating those opportunities for a lot more uh, deserving, uh, you know, brands and, and musicians that are, that are coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, and I do think it's cool that you guys are not only just working with artists but labels as well because you know, as a, I'm, a, I'm a label owner. You guys have worked with labels and things like that as well. Like, It's kind of like a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, labels are like on the decline and stuff like that because artists can just distribute their music directly or whatever. And, and that's cool. I, I've done that too. Like I've released music um, independently and obviously you guys have a lot of independent artists on your platform too. Um, but it is cool to see you guys like also supporting the labels because those those um the institutions for people that it's not necessarily just about a distribution platform it's a it's like a family uh, of of artists you know and it's cool that that can be continued to be supported uh, in the future um, through record shop and through yeah so, what I you mean, guys label, are doing when, when I when I was I'm, I'm I'm pushing fifty at this point but I mean when I started as a DJ my understanding of what the underground record labels were was not just that they printed final, but you know, they were mm. also hosting parties. Yeah. Um, they were uh, where you went to have access to a nice studio and like actual equipment sure. you know, to, make, to make music. Right. Um, some of these things have not become as important, but what remains important, I think is that, it provides a place where a subculture can coalesce. Yeah. Right. Um, and we don't want that to go away. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a label owner. I'm a label owner. Paul is a label owner. Like we, in fact, let's use Paula's example. Her, her label that she runs is pure trance. Yeah. Right? Awesome. And pure trance is significant within the greater trance sphere because it's kind of the banner carrier for pure trance, you know, for, yeah. for what rich Solarstone's idea of, you know, this, this is what we think trance, you know, was and can be and will be, you know, in the future, good, yeah. good music, right? Like away from a lot of the formulaic kind of uplifting and, and stuff that has caused some decline in, in that scene, right. they're real banner carriers for continuing innovation and and like a focus on quality awesome but if it's not if there's no profit at all and it's just a labor of love to do something like that eventually it fails right like eventually Mm. you run out of motivation money etc and you're not able to keep it up 
you know, at the end of the day, there has to be at least a modicum of business viability yes. for running the label. Mm. And that's you where know? the events and other avenues come back well, in. Well, the events it? as well. But if you mm. would link it to a record shop, what you know, and, and it's it kind of fits in with what uh, Obi was saying about HQ recordings, there's a label can also really push through their network, also push younger artists. At this point, mm. when you when you see a really quality producer, you know, that you really want to back up with, maybe you want, you know, you've listened to their music, you're like, I really want to give them a platform. You invest in it. Uh, you put out the album, you put out a single, and I think I referred to it earlier on this call as well. It's it's hard to make money on the back of it. What I you know what we could do with Record Shop is a label actually invest in these artists and give them a platform and give them a wider reach and actually build on the career with them. Give them the guidance yeah. as well. I mean, sure. I yeah. think I think a label is so much more than just a distributor where they yeah. really, they, they, they they become this movement. That it's the family. It's like where artists kind of you know they they feel connected to other artists that are on a label it's a little bit like that that you know and now we're going really in the label puns a, a subculture which is another trans mm. label and we're not you hear us talk a lot about trends it's because obi and i we get we connected over being part of that world sure but I yeah yeah you know, you see it within drum and bass as well uh I totally. mean, you guys are very close knit um <laughs> you know and, it, it connects a lot of that. If you if you look at techno, I mean, I've, what I've learned over the past ten months, where I got introduced to so many awesome labels and artists, that it's it's such a small world, and everybody wants yeah. to be with each other. And I think labels are quite an essential part. They're the hub. Yeah, they're, they're the, the hubs, yeah. and again, like we yeah. we wouldn't want to lose that. Like if you've made it. <laughs> And yeah. you don't need a label anymore and you go independent, good for you. Like yeah. that's fantastic. Seriously. Yeah. And like you said earlier in the program, like we we also have different ways of engaging, right? Like mm. I was putting music out on labels and also at the same time had an alternate project that I was putting out independent yeah. music, like under a different alias. Sure. For stuff that wasn't my main brand, right? Like we all kind of do stuff like that. For sure. Um, you know, uh Gareth Emery is someone who's a who's one of our investors and that we're working with, he's kind of independent now because he's kind of like outgrown what he needs to do with labels, right? Sure. Fantastic. Mm. Um, but, but you know, the the hate for the middlemen, like let's not throw the, the label baby out with that bathwater, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not always that label or just these, you know, I think everyone thinks of like a major label when someone mentions the word label, sure. but they forget all the in, the small independent labels who aren't owned by majors and, and just trying to, you know, do what they love. So, yeah, it's awesome to see you guys pushing that. I did want to ask you um, you guys about just the future of Record Shop and stuff like that and this whole space. What do you guys think the challenges will be um, moving forward in the industry and stuff to take Record Shop to, I guess, you know, uh, something where maybe it's, you know, more accessible to anyone who wants to put their music on there or obviously not anyone, but like one anyone can apply at least to put their music on there sort of thing yeah I, I i don't mind talking about how i see that working on on record shop for i i don't think it'll be a totally open platform i think that mm. 
what what we have brewing is a mechanism for the players themselves. And we have like lots of hardcore players that really care about record shop and the music revolution and the value of their collectibles, right? And like they're defensive of the platform, which is great. You have a, if you have an army of those kinds of players on your platform, what you can do is you can empower them to, you know, and align incentives so that they participate in curation. And they're able to subsidize the entry of new artists into the platform, right? Right. They get to decide who they want to take risks on adding to the ecosystem. Uh, And in this way, broadly speaking, it kind of follows some of the general principles of philosophy of DAOs or or decentralized uh, autonomous organizations. But as usual, you know, kind of in line with our general design philosophy, like we'll make it easy for people to get involved. You know, as opposed to having to know about, you know, all the ins and outs of how you participate in a DAO and governance tokens and, you know, all the complexities that come along with being so bleeding edge. Yeah. Like we'll take the best lessons of those things and apply them to a bigger yeah. audience. Uh, That's awesome. That. You know, like, mm. again, going back to BT, it was a perfect case study, right? Like some artists will undoubtedly want to be on that bleeding edge and they'll spend enormous amounts of time learning about crypto, being yeah. on Twitter spaces all the time, you know, getting involved in different NFT projects, like being part of that community, but it's its own community. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same as the music community. Yeah. And I don't know that it ever will be. And I don't know that we would want it to be. I, I think I agree. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. There might be an overlap at times, but it feels like, I mean, this is the yeah, thing. The with, values are different, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Not me throwing shade or criticizing or whatever. I'm just stating as a fact, the values are very different, right? Mm, yeah. Like they're, they're, they do skew more towards the capitalistic, money-oriented, you know, profit seeking, you know, speculative kind of side of the equation. Sure. Much more than towards the artistic side of it. Sure. At least yeah. right now, I'm not saying that, it, you know, that couldn't change, mm. but that's a big turnoff for a lot of artists and a lot of fans. Mm. Right. So the question then becomes, well, how do you take the coolest shit that they're working on over in that camp and use it profitably in, in our camp? Right. Mm. Like in- yeah. And this is the thing I've had, ever since crypto and you know web3 and nfts kind of became a thing was like i really think the future of this technology is like you'll see where it's heading when the jargon kind of drops in my opinion this this is me personally because i think you know this is what's happened with technology in the past it's like when when it's being adopted by the early innovators and stuff like that it's all these jargon terms thrown around but what you guys are doing is taking the technology and just applying it to a cool platform and it just is what it is it's not like we're trying to be this cool like thing that's like directly related we're not it, at least to me it doesn't seem like you're trying to i guess capitalize on the fact that oh we're an nft platform it's like no, no we just I care mean, yeah I, I said it to you at the very start we don't even use the word nft on our platform which is cool i think that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah always, you know? music always goes through cycles of technology adoption where yeah the artists and the fans and, you know, the hardcore fans and the tastemakers and stuff like that, yeah. they cast opinions about the technology. So I'll give you a perfect example. Um, when we went from turn tables and analog to digital. Yeah. 
you know, remember there was kind of a sneer towards laptop DJs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and there was a period of time, which I think we're out of at this point, where fans and other producers and DJs like cared a lot about well, what are you using the DJ? Like what yeah. using Ableton or using Tractor or using Serato Scratch Live or stuff like that. Or you suck if you use one thing or the other. Yeah. And now no one gives a shit, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, just make music. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like gone, gone back to being irrelevant because it's now become part, you know, a natural part of what's yeah. going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I 100% agree. I think, you know, you see this with just, you know, like I remember when people started using the internet to market things, they called it e-marketing. It's like, now it's just marketing, you know, it's not like you, the technology is removed from the equation because it's so ingrained to what it is. And I think that's definitely going to happen in this space. And it's cool to see you guys pushing that already. It will, you know, yeah. it's just that if you move now, dear producer who's listening to this, you're going to be in such a better position five years from now, Yeah, you know? From, because yeah. because this revolution is happening like yeah that i have no no doubt yeah like, the genie's out of the bottle if you're looking at this and thinking crypto and nfts and all that stuff's gonna blow up and go away i'm so sorry but <laughs> it's not going it's, away it, it's it's kind of it's the you know i mean if you think about it we we went from vinyls and then you know the word downloads and people were like oh playing with mp3s and people like uh, there were people that were like oh we're gonna see what happens then streaming happened and a lot of people who were into downloads they were like oh we're not touching streaming yet and now they feel that they're late to the game if you take that analogy yeah maybe you sure you should have a closer eye on what's happening with NFTs because it's not going to go away. The moment people see the possibilities and opportunities that it's offering, Mm. in a firm believer in five years' time, every artist should be there releasing their music using the NFT technology behind it. I mean, Mm. you wouldn't want to do anything else. For sure. Maybe it's very hard to understand. Maybe it feels like, you know, but my fans might not understand it, but you it's shouldn't. It's just because it's early. It's just because it's, it's early. early. Right now. Don't make it hold, exactly. you, hold back. You know, the magic happens outside of the comfort zone. And I mean, when I had the initial conversations with Obi, I was very, very skeptic. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to look back in a couple of years' time and thinking, why didn't I take, you know, why didn't I do this when Obi told me about this? I'm going to be, you know, what, what yeah. do I have to do? You have to sure. keep in mind, if you sign up on our platform, there's no sign-up fee to, to yeah. be part of our platform. Not for the consumer, not for the creator. Yeah, There's no risk. Try it out, you know? Yeah. If it's not for you just yet, maybe, you know, try it again in another. But don't make it hold you back from uh. trying yeah that's awesome guys and yeah so if um if there's someone listening to this who wants to go check out the platform where is the best place to go check it out i mean just what's basically what's the website (laughs) the the web the website is recordshop.com if you can remember that it doesn't have any vowels it's rcrdshp.com if you can't remember that just type recordshop.com into your browser and it will go where you need to go Awesome. Um, yeah. And if you if you want to reach either of us, you can email me, obie at recordshop.com, or you can email Paula, Paula at recordshop.com. 
Uh, if you, you know, if you've got good music and you think you've got what it takes to be on the platform, email Paula, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll see about getting on the platform. We're doing more and more drops than ever. Awesome. Uh, they're more focused and they're smaller so that we don't overwhelm the, the demand, uh, you know, the supply and demand on the marketplace. Yeah. Um, this also means that it's easier for, uh, individual musicians to, get behind marketing these packs because, you know, we were doing these big grab bag packs um, before and they were cool and like a lot of people were into them, but, um, you know, they were kind of like compilations. Yeah, and, sure. And, and normally you don't, as an artist, you don't promote compilations nearly as hard as you promote your own music. So yeah, we've moved away from doing those kind of compilations and are doing like kind of like today's Unity Records, you know, yeah. was just four artists from Unity Records, right? So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're do- so we'll be doing a storyline as well, and then we're done with our pitch here. Uh, no, no, it's all good. Really, go check out our Twitch channel as well because we're doing really, really cool stuff with with our community as well. Uh, check out our Discord. I mean, we yeah. we post on Instagram and on our Discord when we stream on Twitch. We have interviews with the artists, uh, the labels that uh, we onboard. We do, you know, we talk about the music that is, that is on our platform. And that's also a really good uh, good way to to learn more about our platform. Awesome. And we actually give, we give you a lot of help. We're really, a lot of yeah. people don't realize this, but we're over 70 people worldwide. Cool. And uh, we have a big production team and like we give you a lot of help to figure out you know, what you should drop, when, how, how to fit it into your existing marketing, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. Great, guys. Um, yeah, I'll leave the link for the website and Twitch in the show notes for this one. Um, yeah, guys, I think uh, that's that's pretty much it. Definitely everyone go check out Record Shop. Um, yeah, and keep an eye out for the ability to one day maybe at least submit your music to the platform, not necessarily directly, but um, to be able to uh, submit it for consideration. That would be cool one day. Um, but yeah, definitely, even if you don't get your music on the platform, really cool to check out just what is on there and see where the music industry is heading. I think it's uh, it's a really cool opportunity. Um, awesome, guys. Well, I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for jumping on. This has been awesome. Thanks, Thank Aiden. you, Aiden. Really yep. Awesome.